Hey, Marcy. Hey, boo. What's up? So I wanted to tell you and the listeners about this really cool project my friend started. Ooh. Okay. What's the, what's the project? <laughs> so it's called Sahara Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for your intrigue, but um, so the project is called <laughs> Sahara Storms, <laughs> and it's a new venture by two West African sisters with a passion for sewing. Ooh, yeah! So they make makeup bags, they make earphone cases, and it's crazy because my friend who started it, she just picked up a sewing machine one day, started sewing as a side hustle, and she sent me a photo on Instagram. I was like, these are gorgeous like your side hustle might be your main hustle oh my god damn just literally just picked up a sewing machine was like you know what i got this and just here we are like my god that is damn wait how did how did she learn like did she literally just teach herself from actual scratch like like truly self-taught plus youtube videos and i was like why are we even in school no i'm just kidding everyone stay in school don't don't listen to me so anyway (laughs) but so they're both recent graduates from professional schools and they use really vibrant Ankara fabrics Mm -hmm. so they're really gorgeous anyway so if you want you can support a small black owned business you can follow and share with your friends or do whatever you instagram internet people like to do (laughs) obviously i that place terrifies me but other people enjoy it ironically given that <laughs> we literally have a podcast. We're like literally on the internet. I was like, oh, girl, y'all can do whatever that like internet the bullshit y'all doing, but like, you know, that's not my tea. It's like, but y'all are like, y'all are, y'all, y'all like have a Twitter. Like, like what the fuck? Right. Then we have a whole ass oh Twitter. I love it. Wait, do you know their yes. handles on like, you know, Instagram and stuff like that? Yeah, their handle on Instagram is Sahara Storms. So you can find them there, and I'll definitely have a little link in Akko's corner. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, just support them, help them out. It's uh, they're cute, they're fun. I love them to death. So, <laughs> and now let's get on with the episode. Let's do it. Hey, I'm Akko, and I'm Marcy. And welcome back to the Colored Pages Book Club, a mm. bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Hey, colorful backgrounds. I don't know what that was, but we're <laughs> we're gonna move we're gonna move along with it. Uh yes, colorful backgrounds. And this week we'll actually be reading The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. Yes. Um, can you imagine if this podcast turned into a musical, Marcy? Oh my god, no, I can, I can absolutely see it. Like, girl, Hazel will be getting our asses together, choreographing oh shit. Oh my god. Like, fucking, like, Huey Fairchild will be, like, you know, like, in the in the back row. Like, I can see all of it. I can see it completely, so. Dang! Yes. Can we get the people from The Fifth Element in there, too? I don't know. Like, probably causing get like, a ruckus. Like, Demaya and shit. What, what was that little girl's name? What was her name? Oh uh, my god, I completely forgot. Because Demaya, wait, no, Demaya was the youngest one. And then there was Sinai, and then there was, ooh, Eason, Eason, boom, yes. Look at you with your memory, okay, <laughs> dang. Alabaster can be in there too, girl, it would be, it would actually be hey. everything. Like Broadway, who listening, girl, like, from the get island? it together. Do you what remember that? that cute one from the island who died? The cute one from the island who died? Oh my god, the little boy, um. No, no, not the little name? one, the man who was running that island. Do you remember? Oh, Enon? <laughs> Yeah, look at that memory. Yes, I, mean, I don't remember a single one of those characters. <laughs> you names. know, just, you know. 
I mean, Enon left an impression on me. Let's just say that. So that's why I remember it his ass. Um, so. <laughs> um, speaking Jesus. of sexy novels, this is this is also a sexy novel. <laughs> Come on, transitions. Yes, transitions. Look at that. But yes, just to give a little background on Jasmine. She is a Bay Area native, and she is a Stanford Law School graduate. Yes, God. I know, right? So um, we figured the last two weeks, they were a little heavy, you know, a little dark. But Mm -hmm. hey, why don't we try something a little light, a little fun little rom-com? I don't know if we (laughs) expected. (laughs) I don't know if we knew what we were getting into when we started, but here it goes. Yep. Yeah, the wedding day. You know, we were trying new things every day here on the Color Pages Book Club. But before we get into that, Akko, I Ooh. have a listener comment. What? <laughs> yes. A um, listener comment? <laughs> come on, energy. <laughs> um, yes. What is so, this? <laughs> so, you know, we're just like switching hella shit up. You know, like it's never, you know, what? old dogs can learn new tricks, even though we're like not that old and we're also not dogs. Um, I don't know why I said that. Okay. <laughs> So, um, so as you all know, we, for the past couple of weeks, have been sort of promoting our episode zero, Book of Martha, which essentially before Akko and I had, before we were the Color Pages Book Club, before we were Marcy and Akko, we did a test episode in Akko's apartment in New York City um, about a year ago, um, talking about Octavia Butler's Book of Martha, just to see if this is something that we wanted to do. And here we are almost 30 episodes later. If not 30 episodes later at this point. Um, and so basically, right now, we're doing this kind of a little bit of a campaign on Apple Podcasts where we're trying to get up to 25 ratings and reviews. Five stars preferred, but not, you know, not not necessary. If you know, not that, mandatory. That's not true opinion. Yes, not mandatory. There we go. Words. Um, and so <laughs> since then, we had 14 to begin with. Now we have 16. So two of y'all have really just like come through, which we really appreciate. And there was actually someone who recently left a review that was super nice that we wanted to read on air. So the person's name is 2D Lover. And this episode was specifically in response to the episode we did recently with Black Chick Lit. Which was everything, so please check that out. Unkindness of Gopes, part two. Yeah. Um, so the re- so the review reads I love this team. I discovered my love for NK Jemison because of them. I love people of color creatives, supporting people of color creatives, intersectionality. I can't wait to purchase some of the illustrated anthologies I learned of because of them. I absolutely appreciate the author interviews. It gives me insight into the creative process. Praise be Aww. to Hazel, which I mean, oh. all of that just like hit a chord, but like, I mean, praise be to Hazel. Right. Like, honestly, I just can't think <laughs> anything more accurate. Like, that's like really the mood of the Color Pages Book Club. So, thank you that's so much. That's the whole point is absolutely. <laughs> it's like, that's actually why we made this. It's literally just for Hazel. So, thank you so much, 2D Lover. We really appreciate this review. It was so sweet. When I read it at work, I was like, oh my God. Like, I like texted Aku immediately and I was like, <gasps> Oh my god, like we are, we are seen and appreciated <laughs> and like, you know, honestly, this is something that like yeah, we've been doing for a little more than a year at this point and it's just I don't know, it's been a really interesting, really fun journey. So we I'm really glad to see that like people yeah. are appreciating it. And I, I think especially with the author interviews, like a part of me was kinda like you know, like I I like doing them, but like I don't know, I guess a part of me was like, is this too different from like our regular episodes? And so I'm really glad to see that mm. people appreciate it um just for the insight it provides around the creative process. Cause I know that that's something that I get a lot from it as a lot from them as well. So thank you so much, 2D Lover. Yeah. We see you, we love you, we really appreciate it. 
And for any other people who are thinking of maybe leading like reviews or anything like that, we are more than happy to read them on the air. So if you want a little shout out, definitely leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts with a rating and we will read it on the show. I mean, if you like cuss us out, then like... We might just be like, you know what, girl, go to the Apple Podcast page. Like, if they're just like, bro, like, Marcy and Akko, like, honestly, like, why the fuck? Like, I, like, I'd be like, you know what? Like, oh, we got a new review if you want to check it out. But, like, maybe not read it on the air. But, like, you know. <laughs> but, yes, we really appreciate it regardless. Thank y'all so much. We we could not do this without y'all. So, thank you so, so much. Yes. Also, th- they are definitely a real one because they reference at least three different episodes. Like, Come they, on. I'm... That's impressive. Thank you. Listen, I, really I was like, that. I was like, okay, someone has been looking at our catalog. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I really, <laughs> really appreciate it. Also, aside from that, I also have a question. What? This is like a double whammy. I'm so excited. It's, it's like the two for one, <laughs> right? It's like the two for one special at Popeyes. <laughs> like it's just just right. two for one, girl. So. Okay, <laughs> yes. So this book, as we will go into more detail about, essentially chronicles like a love story between two people um, around a wedding. Not their wedding, but just like the wedding of some people that one of the guys, the, 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 one of the protagonists uh, knows personally. And so, yes. you know, since a lot of this is about weddings, my question was to you, Akko, what is Ooh. either your favorite and or first wedding memory? Oh, Okay. Oh, I like this. I like this. This is a good one. Um, so, 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 so. My first wedding memory actually is so cute because I was like three or something. And oh I God. was, I, I was like kind of the flower girl, but not really. My sister, I think, was the real flower girl. And I was just a three-year-old <laughs> who was cute and who they put in the wedding. And they gave me, <laughs> Thank I God. remember they gave me a, a <laughs> They gave me a bouquet of flowers. And you know how when you're like, it, it's actually one of my first memories, actually, because I was so young. But oh, you know wow. how they like, they give you, uh, they gave me a bouquet of flowers. And then they, they were like, when you, I don't know what the instructions were again, but I, I remember standing there and being very small and seeing mm-hmm. the bride and the groom and then someone being like, go, go, go. And I, I, I knew I had the flowers and I was like, I definitely uh-huh. need to give these flowers to someone. And so I was like, my little body like moved up to where and then I like thrusted the flowers <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the bride and she was like, good job. Like, thank you so much. And it's so cute. But then on the, so I know, cute. it's so cute. <laughs> But then on the flip side, I was just um, in another wedding and I, I was an adult this time. And now I had to wrangle a little a little boy who was like um, he was the, the he was he was in similarly. He was not the, the, the ring bearer, but he he, he mm-hmm. was carrying the the, the broom. They're going to jump over a broom. OK. And, um, OK. So t- the listeners who don't know, that's like an African-American tradition. And uh, we're not going to go into the history of it. We- look it up on Wikipedia. But anyway, it's, it's very significant. So they put the broom down. He- his job was to put the broom down. And uh-huh. I, I was me and I was looking at him and I was like, you know, like, you dro- like I had to fix his face, like get the snot out of his nose, which I, when I was, was a kid, chilling. I was such a snotty kid. So I was like trying to get him together. And you could tell you like very earnestly was like, now I've got to put the broom down on the ground. And he was like, right. it just reminded me of me when I was a kid being like, I have one job, <laughs> one job to make this wedding work. So I think that's my, those are my, my two kind of favorite, it just, just to watch people, it just, I love the way 
weddings can bring people together and it's sort of it, it's very intergenerational mm-hmm. um and it's just very like human it's so it can be very human and lively to have everyone sort of you know working together to to sort of build a society and like a sing a sanctity around two people's love it's it's fun it's it, it's cute aside mm. from like you know all the capitalist bullshit i think the very human very kind of right <laughs> messy parts is, are cute but yes right. how about you what's yours okay so for me i guess i'll i'll briefly answer the um, my first wedding memories so i was i think mm. Eight. It was in South Carolina. One of my cousins was getting married. Um, and okay. honestly, it was like this is like no shade. Like it's really not shade. Like I promise. But I like don't really remember it that well. Like it was just kind of like I remember just being there and like people dancing and like there was just like really good food that was like highly seasoned. And I was like, wow, this is everything. But I I, I don't think <laughs> it like really resonated a lot as an experience, just because it was like it, the gathering was similar to just family gatherings I had as a whole. Like, like a, you know, that's how my family, that, like, my mom's side. Um, like, we typically, you know, like, there's, like, family reunions and stuff, like, all the time. And it just felt like the culture and, like, sort of the energy was just very similar to, like, a family reunion or just, like, a general gathering. And so, I mean, I knew it was, like, a special day. And it was, like, you know, it was, like, my parents were, like little girl like fix your face like be cute like let's not yeah, like, like, let's just like keep like let's like have it together but it was just kind of like i was like i knew it was important but it wasn't like it didn't like super duper jump out to me i guess sure. but i guess my favorite me- uh wedding memory which is also hilariously like my second and last of <laughs> uh, i've only been to two weddings in my life um <laughs> so it was actually in dc a couple of years ago i want to say it was maybe two or three years ago like semi-recently um and so okay. two of my <laughs> So two of my it was so it was a queer wedding. So two of my good friends from DC, their names are Jason and Chris. Like we used to like it was me, them, and like a bunch of their friends. Like uh we would like meet up like on Thursday nights and like watch RuPaul's Drag Race um and just like eat chips and like just like kiki and just like have a really good time. And so like I met them through Drag Aww. Race. Um because they were they were the friends of one of my good friends of uh that I had at work at the time. And so basically, so I like knew them for a while and like I knew that they had been together for like a while. And so I was kind of like, oh, like, you know, they're cute, whatever, whatever. Um, And then like, yeah, like one day, like Jason sent me a message and was like, we're getting married. Like, do you want to come? And I was like, girl, yes. Like, hell the fuck? Yeah, what what you mean? And so I got a plus one. And so me and my really good friend, Adri, who I love so much, boo, if you're listening, uh, I miss you so much. So she and I went together and it was just like really dope. Like it was like, I mean, the actual wedding part wasn't super long, like the like you know the the like the like uh like the speeches and like the like the kiss and stuff. Like that part wasn't. Su- I, I'm clearly not very familiar with weddings, so like I feel like it's gonna really show during this episode. But, um, but then after that, you know, they had like an open bar and like the food was sickening and like the like the music was everything. It was just it was so fun. It was just like such a good time. Um, and yeah, it was just nice to have like my first like adult wedding be like celebrating two queer people. I like really, really appreciated that. So it was really, really dope. And yeah, it was so cute. I was like, Oh girl, look at love. Look at love just out here. just showing out like, Oh (laughs) oh my God. Like so beautiful. So yeah. So that is, I guess my favorite wedding memory. Um, but hopefully, you know, there'll be other similarly great memories to make in the future. Yay. That's so cute. I remember I, um, my homestay dad would um once asked me when I was abroad. He was kind of like a countercultural guy. Um, mm-hmm. He is still, and uh, he was like, "Akko," because that's he cl- clearly called me Akko because he also knew about this podcast that would happen in the future. Wait, like, he actually did? 
No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, my, uh, my oh, LOL. Okay, never mind. Name, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> sorry, I was kidding. I, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, Akko, if you were to get married, would you want a wedding? Or would you want rather travel the world? And I was like, don't say that. That's a great question. I don't know. And I was like, I think I'd rather travel the world with mm-hmm. all that money and not right. have a big ceremony. But now that I'm older, I wonder if that's true. Because I do like the idea, like, while traveling the world with me in this uh, imaginary bay that apparently is coming along with the trip, uh-huh. um, while that sounds fun, there's still something also fun about holding a space for your loved ones to come together and just kind of kick it with you, you know, mm-hmm. where there's food and an occasion. I, I feel like the older I get, the more I realize how little time we have to gather everyone around and see mm. each other and weddings allow space for that. I mean, granted, you don't have to have a wedding to do that. You know, that's what a family right. reunion's for or, you know, a yeah. vacation. Like, you really don't got to do... No one's got to, like, commit to, you know, the rest of their like, life right. with someone. <laughs> for you to see your cousin Ricky, like, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's, like, really not that serious. Like, cousin Ricky will be all right, girl. Like, like come on. Right. Or you just invite cousin Ricky over for brunch. Like, I'm sure he likes brunch. Exactly. He doesn't, you know. <laughs> Listen... Anyway, so that's I, that probably should have been another question, but here we are. Anyway, yeah, should we jump into this book? <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then when we get back, we'll get into talking about part one of The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. Yeah, yes. So, like I said, um, this week we're going to be talking about part one of The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. So, I guess to kind of give this some context, because this book is very, very different from something we would pick typically to read. Um, I think specifically after reading um, The Come in All Colors and talking a lot about, like, P and Buck's relationship, like, you know, Akko and I were kind of interested in seeing, just kind of, like, exploring other examples of love and, like, just kind of seeing, like, you know, what else is out there and, like, just kind of reading something, honestly, yes. just, okay, let me just keep it a buck. We, we wanted to read something lighthearted, for real, because right. after uh, Kindness of Goes, they come in all colors, like, chow, it was just, it, a lot was going on. So, I felt like the books we read this season were a bit heavier so we're like let's just read something super light like rom-com we've never done it before like let's just like get into romance real quick um also shout out to danny who was also like yeah like romance is everything like (laughs) like like romance is like the key to everything so i'm like okay let's just take a page from her book and like you know read something see what's up yeah, so right. not to say that this would be the last time we'll ever read something romance-heavy, um, but, you know, we just want no, to try something different. we'll see where it goes. We'll see, we'll see girl, it goes. because who chile yeah. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so to begin, so this book basically starts out with our main character, whose name is Alexis Monroe. She's a lawyer that's working with the mayor of Berkeley, California. And so right now she's in San Francisco because her sister Olivia is visiting because she is also a lawyer, but she works at a law firm Ooh. in New York City and she just made partner. And so, you know, like black excellence, like turn up, like Ooh. Alexis, like in the, the hotel that like Olivia's staying at because she's like, I guess, doing a work trip in San Francisco. 
and she like has like wine and like you know like brie and chips and like she's like girl we about to like drink and get dinner and like we're just gonna be lit as shit bitch because congratulations motherfucking lacious partner come on you yes girl (laughs) is how i would have narrated that but alexa was probably much more just you know like loki about it so anyway so basically yeah so alexa so the first scene is alexa in the elevator in the hotel that olivia is staying at going up to see her Yes. And in classic fashion, she's like, you know, she's texting her, whatever, whatever. And then the power goes out. So she's like stuck in this elevator, essentially. And so she looks up and she sees this like very attractive man, this really attractive white guy named Drew. And so Lex is like, hold up. She's like, oh, she's like, oh, Olivia, girl, let me text you back. There is a fine ass motherfucker in this elevator, girl. Do you see that? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And it's just the two of them. So, you know, they get to talking, whatever, whatever. And the shit. OK, the, the, um, it was immediately flirty. Like, it wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm Alexa. Hey, I'm Drew. Like, oh, like, where do you work? Like, you know, it was, just, it was very like, oh, so like, what are you doing here in these elevators? And it's like, oh, um, <laughs> you know, I'm here because I, like if there was anyone I could be stuck in an in, in elevator with, it would be you. And it's like, oh, I feel the same way and like it was just very like like out the cuff just it's just like just out just just out here swinging with the like thirst i was like holy shit right um you know so they kind of get the chatting whatever whatever um you know drew's very like he's like oh you know like i see you have like you know wine and chips and stuff like what are you here celebrating she's like oh like i'm here to visit my sister da, 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 da. so they're like chatting whatever so just a little bit of background on drew yeah so like he's he lives in la he's uh he's a doctor but he's just in san francisco because his i guess ex-best friend josh is getting married to his ex-girlfriend molly and so he's like telling alexa about this in the elevator he's like yeah like i'm here for this wedding blah 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 and alexa's like bro that sounds mad awkward like your ex-best friend and your like ex-girlfriend like how the fuck and he was like yeah like you know it's like kind of a mess and he was like oh and you know like i'm like one of the groom's maids men what girl what are you, the, <laughs> the groom's, groom's he, oh yeah so he's one of josh's grooms not groom's maids groomsmen and so he's like oh like you know like and i like had a date that was gonna like you know accompany me to this wedding that i really don't want to go to at all but she like bailed and so like i don't have like a date and it's just gonna be so embarrassing like can you imagine anything like, just, like more embarrassing than like me at a wedding with no date like I, like it just can't like i'm just so like oh my god and like alexa's like oh my god i like totally get your show that's so embarrassing and meanwhile i'm just like um Ooh, you know it's actually not really that embarrassing it's like really not that deep at like all? you can just like is it really like like you're like slightly deviating from like heteronormative standards and like you, you're really this caught up about it like it's actually not that deep but okay girl so he's like telling her about this whole conniption and he's like oh and then basically he was kind of like oh and you know like you know obviously it's mad awkward that like they're together and it was like weird because like like because alexa was like oh like well how do you feel about that and he was like oh well you know it is what it is like you know it's not ideal but whatever and basically drew tried to make right. it seem like you know, they did some sneaky shit, like, you know, it was, like, some infidelity or something that, like, went to their relationship. They basically tried to paint himself as the victim, which we will get back to. So, Mm. anyway, so basically at one point, they're, like, sitting down, and, like, Drew's like, I'm gonna take some of your chips and crackers, and then, like, Alexa's like, because he's like, I'm just so hungry, you're just gonna withhold all this from me, oh my god, and then she's like, okay, you can have some of my crackers, and I'm just like, Drew, you seem real entitled to, like, Alexa's things, but, I'm sorry, my, like, personal (laughs) shade is coming out, let me stop, let me just, like, get to the fucking blast over Anyway, so they, like, eat crackers, it's, like, dumb. Anyway, they, like, go upstairs, and, like, they get off on the same floor, and so, like, as Alexa's walking to her sister Olivia's apartment, or rather, hotel room, like, Drew's like, hey, do you want to come to this wedding with me? and like be my date and then she was like yeah and i was like okay so anyway so they agree on that whatever boom 
So anyway, so Alexa goes into Olivia's room and like she's like telling her about the whole situation. And like it's kind of implied that Olivia and Alexa have kind of a weird relationship because like when Alexa was telling her about the whole situation with Drew, like um Olivia was just like, Oh, like did you fuck him like in the elevator? Like, did y'all like have a quickie? And then like Alexa's like was like kind of offended by that and was just like, Okay, like what? And then she's and like it kinda had this like weird like stream of consciousness where she's like, Oh, Olivia always thinks like right. I'm like the prudish one, like I'm like the good one, blah 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 blah. So there's like this like it's kind of implied that Alexa's kind of like the like almost like a goody two shoes like archetype character, whatever. Right. So, <laughs> so that's kind of that. So yeah. So at this point, you know, the next scene is basically Alexa at our job working for the mayor. We're introduced to her work husband Theo, who's like black and lit, and just honestly just seems like kind of sickening as a character. I'm like, can't like can it yeah, Theo been the love interest? Supportive. Like I kind of like really supportive, like right. listens to her. Like I'm like I feel like Theo's like a, just a better person because meanwhile Drew was kind of like you know saying that like because okay so while Alexa is at work, um, kind of considering the fact that she has to go to this like rehearsal dinner and then to the actual wedding the next day, Drew was kind of like so Drew was in the hotel and at one point ran into his friend Josh who's the one that's getting married, and mm-hmm. Josh was asking about like his whole date situation and then Drew super unnecessary necessarily was like oh yeah you know like i'm bringing my girlfriend to the wedding so like you know she's gonna be there and he was like okay cool like we look forward to meeting her whatever whatever mind you alexa drew no one's relationship nobody's boyfriend and girlfriend girl right. like they are no this is fake as fuck you literally just met her in an elevator girl like what the fuck <laughs> and so he's like oh alexa by the way like i told motherfuckers that like you're my girlfriend so like you have to like kind of hype that and like go along with that narrative and like you know we're just gonna say that we met a month ago in an elevator but like we're actually together and Alexa was like, oh my God, I have to like do my part. And I was just like, Drew is really expecting a lot from you right now. And like, you literally owe this man right. actually nothing, but okay, Zero girl. Things. And so he actually owes you. Yeah, he actually owes you a lot. Oh, and then, okay, so real quick. So <laughs> at one point, Drew was nervous that like Alexa wasn't going to come. So he like texted her and was like, you're not going to back out, are you? And I'm just like, Drew, like, why the fuck? Why Chill are you? Oh my, oh my God. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. Also, okay. this is a, an actual stranger. Like, yeah, can, like a you literal... really, you can't be expecting all this from strangers. Yes. So basically, at this point, um, Alexa's at work, and she like texts her friend Maddie, who like does like fashion things, and was like, "Hey, Maddie, like I need a dress for like this like rehearsal dinner and like this wedding." And then Maddie was like, "Oh, girl, I got you." So they had this like whole makeover montage, and I don't know. Hmm. So that happens, and then like basically the next day, <laughs> there's like um, Alexa meets up with Drew for the rehearsal dinner. And so they're talking a little bit outside. And mind you, okay, every time Alexa and Drew talk to each other, we're kind of like paint, glossing over this, but like the the sexual tension and the thirst is just honestly egregious. Like it's like motherfuckers will brush pinkies, and Alexa's like, "Oh my god!" Like a lightning bolt just jolted through my body, girl. And I'm just like, my, "Bro, from a fucking like like a pinky nail, like you really do it a lot right now." Like at one point, like at the rehearsal dinner, they were like holding hands, and like Drew over here trying to talk about he about to faint from all the like tension. I'm like, "Girl, y'all are doing so much." Like, all Oh right. my God. Like, not right. trying to shame nobody, but I'm like, girl, y'all really doing a lot. Um, <laughs> also, they're in their 30s. They're not children. Exactly. Like, they're like anyway. in, they're like establishing their careers, like ostensibly have their shit together. So I'm just confused. But anyway, so before the actual rehearsal dinner, they're talking for a little bit, whatever, whatever. Um, they're kind of like just getting their story together, honestly. And then basically at one point, Alexa asked Drew, like, oh, like, am I going to be the only black person like at this rehearsal dinner? And then yes. Drew was like, I you. Look, I just like, like, there's a, there's an Asian lady going and, Alexa's like, that's not what I asked you, but okay. Um, she's like, oh, and um, um, there's a girl named Stephanie, or rather, there's a woman named Stephanie who like went to med school with us, who like is gonna be there, and she's black. And like, Alexa's like, cool. So everyone else is white, and he was like, yep. And she was like, great. And he's like, I'm sorry, I just like never thought about it. And she's like, of course. 
you haven't ever considered that, so whatever. So they're going to the rehearsal dinner. Also, even in yep. that conversation, like the way you're discussing race is already like so poorly done, right? It's like, like you could have just been like, yes, you were correct. Like, you know what I mean? There's like, it's like, it was so easy. You did this whole roundabout, like, let me figure out every POC you I possibly have ever exactly. Known in my life. <laughs> Drew over here doing fucking like back handsprings, trying to like weasel his way out this conversation. And I'm just like, you could just answer and be like, yeah, you're going to be the only black person there. I'm sorry. And like, that's he's it. like on a double beam, like, like literally, around motherfucker in the like in the splits and shit. And like, like, like Alexis over here, like holding up her like scorecards. Like, I mean, girl, 10 out of 10, but like, you're kind of doing like, I don't think we need to do this like Olympic subplot. Like, I feel like you could just have answered the question, but whatever. Um, so anyway, so basically, they go to. So they go into the uh, rehearsal dinner. I'm dead. Drew has literally no social tact. Like literally is just like unable None. to even function. But Alexa's yeah. like sickening and like getting them through the whole thing. And mind you, so the reason why it's really awkward is because basically what happened was that, you know, so Drew and Molly used to date. And Molly, of course, is the, is the woman that's getting married to Josh. And so they dated for like, I think it was like two years or something like that. One day, Drew overheard Molly talking to one of her friends about like, like, she thought that, like, Drew was going to maybe propose to her. And so he panicked and broke up with her. And then he dated three other people in front of her and <sighs> then had the nerve to feel away about it when Molly and Josh got together a year later. But whatever, yep. girl, that is none of my business. So basically, at the wedding is mad awkward because, like, all, like pretty much all of Molly's good friends, who are mostly the bridesmaids and also Molly's sister, Amy, are, like, the, like yep. 0% fuck with Drew. They're like, Drew is annoying as fuck. Like, this Which motherfucker is fair. Terrible. And so yeah. it's like just, just like a lot of shade at the rehearsal dinner and like, you know, Amy like is introduced and she's like this kind of like villainous archetype. But also like I kind of like sympathize with Amy too. So like I don't know, I'm not gonna do too much here. I mean Amy doesn't like ashy ass shit, we'll, we'll get into later, but like right now she's like I'm like, I get why you're being shady, like it makes sense. Right. And so but luckily Alexa is like, you know, she works in politics, like so she has like social tact and like, you know, manners and so like she's able to like kind of get she literally right. is like carrying drew through the fucking rehearsal dinner like it's honestly Facts. a mess um and it's yeah. so to case in point for example when they were leaving together um drew turned to molly and josh and was like hey cool we gotta head out and then like alexa was like what the fuck and she walked over and was like thank you so much for inviting us we really really appreciate it right. it's such an honor to be invited thank you so much we really look forward to seeing y'all tomorrow like it's gonna be such a great day like congratulations again like which just is tax literally just Right. It's that's just normal human beha- that's just home training. I exactly. You just, don't come into someone hope. else's wedding and then walk out just like laissez faire at their special event. Like Drew was Exactly. Wrong. And like Drew literally was about to be like peace and dip and it, like Alexa was like, I don't even know these motherfuckers and I gotta make up for your bullshit because right. girl what? Right. So anyway, so like, yeah, oh so basically um they leave and like the next day Drew's like, Oh, you should like come to my hotel room and we can like get ready and she was like, Okay, cool. And so the next day, they like Alexa mo- like comes to um, Drew's hotel room, and they like talk a little bit about like Alexa's job and like you know how at work mm. she's trying to start this like arts initiative for marginalized youth um, in the area, and just kind of like giving them more like artistic opportunities, ways to like express themselves, just like kind of more like state support. And so they're yeah. talking about that, and Drew is like not really listening. He's like, "Wow, it's like so sexy that she's like." she like cares about youth and like it's like so sexy that she like like it has like it's like socially minded like cares so much about our work like i just really want to like do sexual things and meanwhile alexa's like trying to talk about like issues of like racial equity but like i guess whatever like we can just anyway there's like a lot of sexual tension like but drew ends up leaving and going to the like i guess the like the pre-wedding things oh they're taking pictures they were take pictures they're taking pictures that was 
So they're taking pictures. Alexa shows Marcy's up. Like later. I have been to two weddings, y'all. I'm like, girl, I don't know what the. I'm like, bro. I was like, they were um doing hopscotch. It's like, no, girl, they were they were taking pictures. That's what that's what they usually do before they were wedding. Throwing rocks in the ground. Right. I, I was like, they're having a water balloon fight. It's like, no, they. It's not how that works. Okay, but okay, girl. Oh uh, so anyway, so Alexa like comes to the wedding. They like you know the wedding goes out without you know it's like it goes on pretty much without incident. Like it's super cute. Whatever, whatever. Boom. Yeah. So at the reception, um. A lot of things happen. We'll kind of summarize it, but basically, like Alexa befriended um, this Korean woman named Lauren, who was, I think, what was his name? One of Drew's friends, like girlfriend. Um, like so, Lauren and like Alexa had this like POC, like lit energy going on, and they were like the most, they like had like the most personality and like seasoning of anyone at this fucking wedding. But like whatever, um, that's true. And so that's they true. were bonding a lot, and like um, Amy was like like showed up and like was shady, but also was weird because like Amy like kind of had this energy where she kind of wanted to like. Like, like she was being kind of flirtatious with Drew and it was kind of like oh but this is your sister's yeah. ex who like dumped her in like the worst way possible and you over here trying to like make a yep. like you trying to make a pass girl like this is, oh, also like, is like, Drew like is Drew like made out of magic or something like what exactly is so fun like everyone talks about how fun <laughs> you would think this motherfucker yeah, was like sculpted from gold like hoes right. are just like oh my god like Drew's like so sick nigga. and I'm just like I mean his personality is kind of like luster yeah he sounds awful most of the time I'm not most sure most of what... the time like for example even at the reception like at one point like alexa was talking to this guy named billy or bob or some irrelevant i think it's like, billy dude He's real, who, yeah. who was like really he was like kind of racist and like i mean not racist to like alexa's yes, he... face but it's like says some shit behind her back um and at one point before drew even knew the context like he like walked up mad jealous like oh like what's up and even like at the wedding like there was a moment where like billy was trying to like he like walked up to lauren and alexa and was like oh like i'm so glad we have like people to choose from or whatever basically trying to make it seem like he's trying to like slide in and then Drew like walked in and like took Alexa and was like, "Oh, don't worry, like I won you, like blah blah blah." And then Alexa was like, "Wait, you you did what? what? I'm sorry, like mo- motherfucker, you you did who? Like I'm sorry, what was the verb you just used in that sentence? I'm sorry, I actually need you to rhyme right. real quick. Actually, motherfucker, roll back the tape." And he was like, and he was like, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I won you." And Alexa's like, "Yeah, so that shit, girl, we're not we're not doing that. We're not we're not, not featuring doing that right that. now." And then like Drew was like, "Ooh, right, you right." So Drew's just like on some stupid like jealous energy, whatever. Um, consistently. The- yeah and then like the reception basically that's pretty much what happens at the first half and then the end of the reception is like a whole thing which now Akko will get into yeah so basically while they're watching Josh and Molly leave and you know like in a car so usually sometimes at weddings in America I don't know if this works for everywhere like you you watch the bride and the groom like leave for their honeymoon in a car so they're doing Mm -hmm. that and then Amy who's Molly's sister is talking to Drew and she's like, blah, blah, blah. I hate you for what you did to my sister. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. She's like, you can never change that. And can you at least, you know, you're over here kissing your girlfriend. Like, you're not even thinking about like my sister anymore. And yeah. like, can you at least pretend to be sad? And you're like, yeah, Amy, no, I feel you. You're a ride or die. You know, I get you. I get you. And she's like, also, here's my room key. Come up to my room and we can like, you know, have a night of passion. You're like, ah, skirt. Uh, what happened uh, just now? <laughs> Uh, how how did we get I feel like I was I feel like I was on a boat and now I'm in the I literally I, know, I got you I literally flipped back a page and I was like hold up I had to have missed something like that don't even make no damn sense I was right. like Amy how inconsistent is this with your motherfucking character that you're trying to be here caping for your sister bro that's this, what okay, I'm saying that's actually my quote for this week so I'll save it but the way that Amy proposed that like she sleep with Drew was like the weirdest shit on the planet and I just y'all need to Truly hear it wild. so it was wild so yeah, I'll, was I'll save that for later <laughs> Um, so Alexa and Drew decide that, 
you know, even though this started off fake, you know, there's a little bit of energy. Well, actually, as you know, there's a lot of energy. So they end, yeah. they have a romping good time that night. Um, anyway, so then Alexa <laughs> leaves because she literally lives somewhere else. So she goes back to Berkeley. And Drew decides he just cannot live without her. So he flies from Los Angeles. Does he fly to Los Angeles? No, he flies He flies Alexa from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Right. So he decides he can't live without Alexa. So he flies her to Los Angeles, which on the plus side, I'm like, okay, I mean, at least he paid for airfare. Um, I appreciate True. that. That's that's something. Alexa is very busy at work, but apparently some things get canceled or something happens. And anyways, but I, mm-hmm. I bet you're wondering, you know, what happened with her sister, Olivia, who just made partner and her friend Maddie with the clothing. And it doesn't matter. That stuff is not talked about. So, oh, yeah. Her friends are relevant. Apparently, I guess we don't. Even Theo, we don't really know anything. I mean, we have, I no, idea. We have no idea what's going on with that. Only one that matters. Um, so yeah, but anyway. it's uh, fine. Anyway, so so he flies her out, and he can't pick her up because oh no, he's got to have an emergency surgery right when mm-hmm. she lands because he takes right. care of children or something, and that's supposed to show he's a good guy. So then right. he's like, Carlos, <laughs> my friend Carlos, can you <laughs> pick up? Alexa from the airport and Carlos who is I guess a real OG is like yeah I'll do it so he drives up and I don't know I was kind of digging Carlos Carlos was like he's got this like red car he's really sweet she gets in the car she's tired she's a little worried he's like no worries we're surgeons we're at the hospital but he's like let's go grab some tacos let's get some food I was like Carlos Carlos wants to give you tacos and drive you home I was like "Um, I I seem to like Carlos and they're talking they're like giggling in the apartment having a good time Carlos is keeping her company and it's like i was like dang and so then Drew also shows real up, quick and of course one th- <laughs> so one yeah. thing i really appreciated in the scene with carlos and alexa was that um carlos asked her like oh like how spicy do you like your tacos and like alexa was like girl on a yes. scale of one to ten motherfucker a 13 come on she he was like boom <laughs> and so they're like eating tacos with like mad seasonings and stuff yeah. and at one point i forgot what happened but basically oh like Alexa was reaching for a taco and he was and Carlos was like, Oh, like, don't like that I saved that one for Drew. That one's like not that spicy. And Alexa was gonna say something, but she did she like stopped herself. And then like Carlos looked at her and was like, Yeah, girl, I know. Like, you know, being best friends with a white guy, like, you know, we like I I've learned to like, you know, they can't take too much spice. And they like just like kiki'd and laughed and like just had some like POC right. solidarity. And it was like cute. Right. It was very cute. I feel like there's a lot of POC solidarity in the store, which I like. Like her and I think it was Lauren, who was Asian American mm-hmm. at the wedding, and then her and Theo, and Theo's really supportive, and Carlos, and they're chatting, and they're really supportive. And that's why I'm just like, I feel like maybe we should just have a story about the three of them. Because they all sound they very interesting, but Drew's here. A lot more interesting. But... Um, he opens the door and ruins the fun, and he's jealous and angry at <laughs> Carlos for literally, literally solving his problem for him and, and doing, doing him a solid. And doing what he asked him to do. Like, oh my God. Do. And then he's like, I asked her to pick her up. I didn't ask him to stay here. And I'm like, so you wanted to leave this woman who just showed up to a whole different part of the state. California is not a small state, by the way, y'all. She's not like close to her house. Right. You wanted him to just leave her in an apart your house. With a stranger that she met once in an elevator and then went to a wedding to. You think that's... I'm right. just... I'm wondering if you're concerned about the safety of Alexa in any... <laughs> anyway, but... So he's like, 
sitting there and he's like eating his bland taco and Carlos is like <laughs> kind of just honestly <laughs> Carlos is honestly trying just like taking the piss out of everyone which I again Carlos is fun and so eventually he's like alright well let me get up and go because y'all are doing a whole thing and then Alexa and Drew proceed to have a really deep conversation about their lives and their feelings and learn more about I'm just kidding no they fucked they just right, they just, they just have happens. sex yeah, that's, that's <laughs> more that sex happens. and I think they woke yep. up the next morning Oh, yeah, there's, like, this real subplot. I'm not even going to say subplot. It's, like, a Z-plot where, like, Alexa really likes coffee. And so he, like, shows up with coffee every morning, and she's like, I love coffee. And he's like, here's some coffee. And I'm like, okay. And I think there is, like, some, like, attempt at, like, a race joke, a light one, something about, like, coffee with milk or without milk, and it gets really awkward, and Drew doesn't know what to to do. And so the whole book stops, and me and Marcy put our books down and just wiped our brows because we're like... Oh, and also, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. okay. Like, Drew tries to do that thing where it's like, he's not really that funny or interesting, but he tries to be like really charming no. and witty and clever. And like, he, yeah. like, it's like this whole coffee thing. He's like, I got you some coffee. And she's like, um, she's like, my hero. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Cut, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. I'm like, it'd be one thing if Alexa was like, like, it'd be one thing if Alexa was like, you know what I like? Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies are my favorite things. And like, you know, the next right. day, like, like Drew came up with like a Beanie Baby keychain or some shit like that. But she literally likes right. coffee, which is customary in American cho- culture to drink that in the morning. So when he shows up in the morning with coffee, she's like, oh, my God, like my man is so considerate. But I'm like, but like, even if you didn't even say, like it, like, like this, like, like he was also... Oh my god. Okay, let's just okay, yeah. let's just keep going. Let's okay. oh my god. No, you're right. All those things <laughs> you only said facts. You truly only said facts. Ugh. Um so okay, so they basically they basically spend the whole day together and then she's like I'm I'm not I'm not brushing over anything y'all. They just sleep together some more. That's, that's they just have I a lot of sex, and that's like literally like eighty pages. Yeah, so like that, that's <laughs> not that's a problem, but I, I can't describe it to you because it's like I, I mean I guess I could do a, like a spirited reading, but anyway, that's the summary. <laughs> so so then um, Alexa's like, I guess I should go back home, and he was like, cool. So she goes back home. Oh no, they do have a conversation about Theo, where she's explaining how Theo supports her in this endeavor for the kids. And then he's like, so what, like, Theo's like, like, who's Theo? Like, who's, who is he? And you're like, um, she just told you. Right. So I don't know what we're confused about. And, and so he's like in a mood. And then he says kind of na- something nasty about her, like, it was project. like, and then she's just like, it was like, again, he said something like, cause she was describing the initiative and he was like, oh, but don't you think if we like, start like an arts initiative like aren't you just like rewarding bad behavior like aren't you like rewarding yeah these kids for like being like delinquent and blah 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 blah. and alexa literally was like i'm about to oh my god (laughs) she truly was like i will get up from this bedroom right Right. now and i will leave and that's i actually i applaud alexa for her um calmness because that's actually a a nightmare of mine to be like oh man i just slept with this man and also he's a racist, sexist, homophobic. No, he wasn't all of those things, but just like any one of those things. I feel like I like gathered my things and like maybe my like Sahara storms. Come on, and, like make yes. a yes, <laughs> <laughs> and just like <laughs> like literally just walked out the door. Literally, but um, but no, she likes. She explains. <laughs> Yo, we're just having fun with this. No, episode. listen, <laughs> just jokes. <laughs> so anyway, but um, she explains why that's 
you know, a problematic thing to say and why he's wrong. And he's like, um, um I just, um, I just, uh, she basically just collects him. She like, <laughs> she's like, and he tries to make up with it. I'm sure he gets her some coffee or something. Anyway, so they're still together by the end of this. Yeah. And she goes back to Berkeley and he basically decides at this point that he needs to see her again. So he's going to fly up to Berkeley next week. And that's the end of dun 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 part. One. <laughs> I like this like whispering <laughs> motif that's happening. Like I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I wanted to add a little drama. So that is the first part of the wedding date. Um, apologies for shade. It's just we'll talk about it. But Drew is a. We're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Okay, let us take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we'll get into all of our thoughts and feelings. We're back. That we are. So, <laughs> just to start off this discussion. So, I feel like I, I had to like kind of check myself for a moment because I was like, this is not that deep. The story is not deep. But also, mm-hmm. it is, it's a light romance novel, summer beach read. This isn't, you know, River Solomon, River Solomon explaining like a deep social structure and like a, <laughs> you know, mind bending sci-fi. It's not Tiger Flu. Right. That not, that's not me being dismissive. It's just like, these are different novels. And I had to like recognize that while I was reading. Right. This is something lighter and it's something fluffier. And there's a, there's definitely and most assuredly a place for that. Right. Oh, absolutely. Just in storytelling. There's just a place for things that are just lighthearted. It's not that serious. Right. That's true. And I do think that, well, I, I think I had to really think about it. I was like, this narrative does not really fit me. I, this, I don't, mm. even when she was so immediately, um, her and Drew's like sexual energy right when they got on the, the elevator. I was like, this, this, I was like, this is very out of nowhere for me. Like, I, I was like, where is this energy even coming from? Right. Like, I just can't even, unless, unless Drew was like an Olympic god or something. I've never walked on an elevator and seen <laughs> someone that was just like, oh my God. Like, right. Let me, I would have kept my brie to myself. I would have been like, I'm hiding this in the bottom of my, you know how much brie costs from Whole Foods? Listen. Like, I'm just saying. I, I don't know if I'm really eating brie like that, but I'm just saying if I were to eat brie like that, it's a coveted item. Come on. Um, so, <laughs> but I do think, so I had to think about it and I was like, this is not my narrative and I don't really care about this uh, from that stance. But then I had to like realize, okay, but there are for some people where this narrative, this is the way they see romance and this is the way they see love. And and even not even to say just straight people, you know, queer people, non-binary people might, might see the sort of... Mm-hmm conventional more conventional even maybe they would like to switch up the characters you know the the the, the gender or the the gender role of the person right. opposite whoever they identify with but the storyline the sort of underlying quirky you know f- uh, um love at first sight attraction kind of whatever story it might appeal to them so it, right. it's not fair to be like completely dismissive and even if they're heteronormative you know it, it's fine people love the way they love they do what they want to do they're attracted the way they want to be attracted right. to i think for me i was like if this is kind of a star in a galaxy one of many stars it's fine because then i'm going to take my rocket ship off mm. somewhere else you know to a different star Come but if this is like a sun and we have to all orbit it the storyline mm. these scripts 
I find that's where we get a problem in our ideas of romance and society, right? Because then we're all sort of forced to align with one way of thinking that may not suit us. And then we also feel a deficit if our lives do not look that way. So I think that's what becomes very difficult about romance novels in that it's very much, they're almost, many times they're, they're presented as the way you're supposed to love, right. the timeline you're supposed to have. Even these people talking about this wedding. Now, I'm a full-grown adult. I'm in the age range where people get married a lot. If I do not want to be at your wedding, best believe I will not be there. I will not. I, I don't know. When, <laughs> I will not be there. I'm not paying for a gift. I'm not paying for a plane flight. Come on. A, flight, a plane flight. A flight. I'm not paying for these dresses that you got to wear. Why on earth am I about to go and show up to a place where everybody hates me just to be... Unless... And, and the other thing that got me I would do that if I was a ride or die for somebody in the groom's party for or the bridesmaids, you know, or mm-hmm. somebody at the event. Drew, it seems like the most lackluster friend. Hello. We don't know if he's Josh's friend right now. We don't know if he's his ex-friend. We don't even, Josh may, has two words. And I was like, oh, maybe there's a strength of character and relationship between him and Josh. I was like, you don't even like Josh. Why are you at this wedding? Like, w- just don't go. But it made it seem like it was inevitable for them to be there. I was like, this not how that's not how adulthood right. <laughs> works um so i i think that's what i would say it's so far about the book maybe it will change more as we go on there'll be more like in-depth analysis there'll be more something or another but for right mm-hmm. now is really just a summer read on the beach light thing and if it suits you the story suits you and you find it fun right. go for it if this story doesn't suit you don't internalize it as like you are diminished because this doesn't suit your narrative it's it's whatever it's just somebody else's life right um i will say that aside like my subjective feelings about the story aside i really could do without all of this like talking about like oh i'm so unattractive and he's out of my league there was like a lot of alexa saying Mm. how drew was out of her league or like she's like not that cute and i understand this like quirky you know like in the 90s and stuff there was very much this like quirky underdog girl with this like attractive guy like she's all that and she's the man or whatever there's Mm -hmm. all these stories like that but I think, for one, I think that concept is kind of ridiculous, and we should all just let it die. This <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> is just dumb. Yeah, it's just dumb. Just leave it. Like, if you like someone, you like them. If you don't like them, you don't like them. We don't got to get into all this. And then that's because once you get into all that, then we got to get into preferences. Then we got to get into racial dynamics. Everyone, like, free your your um, your romantic, like, proclivities from colonization. Mm-hmm. Because Ooh. you are not getting anything from it you're not getting anything from accepting what society tells you your preferences are if that's how you actually feel about things that's one thing but actually like genuinely go in and think about it don't think about leagues don't think about whatever the hell it is they've taught you just think about how you feel when you're around the person Mm -hmm. so that i was like do we gotta do we really gotta do this and also it becomes a really weird dynamic when the woman is black and this person is white and it, it really becomes a weird dynamic whenever you put a black woman in these stories at all because society has such a negative view of our attractiveness and of our Mm. social worth so then for alexa to then be like i don't think i'm good enough i'm like alexa didn't you fix this boy's life didn't you go to this wedding that you really did not have to go to didn't you have the best home training and make him look great and i was like aren't you a lawyer like there's no good enough not like how amazing does a black woman have to be to get this very rude like 
has no home training white man. I I understand he's a doctor, but and that's a great trait. But Jesus, like, it just seems that part was frustrating to me. And maybe it will come up later in the story, but maybe not. Mm. So that was kind of my overall thoughts. What about you, Marcy? Got you. Wow, that was um shit. (laughs) There's so much there. Um, (laughs) No, but a lot of what you said definitely, like, absolutely resonates. Like, I think. That's the thing. It's not, this novel is not my cup of tea. Like, this is not something where it's like, oh, girl, you know what I want to read? The Wedding Day. Like, that's not, we're, like, that's not really what, I, this would not be the first book I would go to. Um, And like you said, I think for me, it's like, I, when I look at sort of narratives around like romance and things like that, I kind of just look for things that are a bit more creative um, in the sense of like, you know, people like, or uh, it feels more individual. I think a lot of like reading this book mm. I, I like everything felt so scripted like it felt like we're each playing yes. a role that we're kind of been like socialized to like you know put stock into and so it kind of diminishes like the actual authenticity of the relationship because it's like how much of this is like how you actually are and like behave and like how much of it is just because society like you're just going into like these like defaults that society kind of like, like you're almost like on autopilot for like things right. to say Think, like how to act what to wear Ooh. like you know like all of that stuff and so i think for me i was kind of like mm, like not my favorite but like ultimately if that is a script that you subscribe to like that's like in itself that is not really an issue what i do find issue with, with is just like mm-hmm. in that there's a lot of normalization of like unhealthy behavior like drew is like a very jealous person yeah but it's not really talked yeah. about and like maybe it'll be talked about like in part two yeah. but like the fact that drew is jealous of his own friend Carlos for like, you know, just spending time right. with someone that he's like, <laughs> like the thing is like Drew showed up. And honestly, like if I were in a situation like that, where like my best friend was like talking to someone that like I was really into, like if they, one, if they got along right. with each other, that'd be such a good sign. I'd be like, Oh my God. Like, th- so my good friends right. are getting along with like, you know, someone who I'm inter- who I'm like, dating right now. Like that's such a good sign. Like I'm so happy. I, I mean, I'm not saying Carlos should have been like, okay, girl, let's, when are we going to sleep? Like, Carlos, yes, sweetie, like, at some point you do need to leave. But, like, I don't think it would have been <laughs> that deep if he was, like, you know, because, like, basically Carlos and Alexa were just watching, like, a basketball game. And so I'm like, I don't think it, it would have been harmless for yeah. them to just, like, eat their tacos, watch the game, kiki, chat, whatever, get to know each other. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just seemed like there was this weird possession of, like, oh, Alexa's here, so she's, like, mine. Yep. And it's just kind of like, no though because you, that's not that's not we should not be yeah. normalizing that that's not an idea of how you should see anyone I quite agree. frankly and also like you going back to that scene at the wedding where he was like trying to be chivalrous trying to be like oh like like when billy like quote unquote saving her from billy like oh like i won you like alexa's not a motherfucking like cruise trip to Buenos Aires or some shit like like Alexis not that didn't even make sense Buenos Aires isn't even on the coast but anyway um, but like she's not like a fucking pair of Yeezys like she's literally a whole ass person with like a whole backstory and like an ideology and a worldview that like you will never fully understand but that she can try to like you know like convey to you the best that she can and it's just like I I don't like how unexamined a lot of these dynamics are like Drew is really mm. consumptive. Drew takes up a lot of her time, her energy, her money. And like, it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I do. N- Drew does not demonstrate a level of compassion or consideration where I feel like the reverse would be true. If they're in that elevator and Alexa was visiting for like right. her, you know, ex-best friends or whatever, like wedding. And like, it was going to be a bunch of black people. And like, you know, like Drew would not like, this would not have happened in reverse. Like it, and like, if it did, it would reverse, be like, yeah. that would be such a more, like a much more interesting 
commentary on like kind of like story the norms and like the behaviors yeah. that we expect of women and that like we kind of just allow men to kind of get away with it's just like i don't know there's just a lot of things where i just mm-hmm. like i don't i don't like that but also again i think maybe it's just like I'm, I'm trying to do this thing where i don't like isolate how i think because i feel like what i was about to say was you know maybe i'm just like looking too much yeah. into it maybe i'm just like putting too much into it and no. it's like no like like maybe I'm like doing a lot basically and it's just like no like the like the worldview and the perspective that I have that like I bring into this like you know this reading experience with like th- like those are valid and like these critiques are valid and like I don't yeah. think just because a narrative is widespread or like commonplace or like often goes unexamined should means that it's like one that we should just like default to and be like oh well girl that's just how it is like that's not how anything works and so I think right there's a lot about that dynamic that I just really don't appreciate and it's just like I I mean, not mm-hmm. to say that Drew's just, like, a mm-hmm. terrible person all around. Like, it's not to say, like... But even, like, you know, the when he talks to Carlos about Alexa, it's, like, this weird, bro-y, like... Yeah. Oh, he is really... Really objectifying and weird. Like, when he first was introducing, yep. like, Alexa to Carlos, like, just over the phone, like, when he was in San Francisco, Carlos was like, oh, let me guess, like, you found another blonde girl with big boobs, like, to bang. And it's, like, even if that was the kind of person that he that were found. True. Like that's not an acceptable way to talk yeah. about anyone. And like, it's People? and like, I know that we're doing yeah. this liter- like this, we're trying to differentiate like communication styles and like, you know, verbiage and like imagery and conversation to like make this really arbitrary distinction in like gender and like mm. make it more pronounced. But it's like, I don't, think that needs that doesn't need to be indicative of what masculinity is that doesn't need to be indicative of how yep. we talk about people how we talk about romance yeah. how we talk about love attraction like even if like they had a relationship where it was purely sexual like they still deserve like alexa still deserves a level of res- like that yeah. respect regardless of like you know if it's a community relationship or not it's just like it kind of gives me like oh like you know like because I'm with her, I care about her. But it's like, you should just care about people because they're people. You should just treat them with respect yeah. because they're people. They shouldn't have to be, they, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't have to earn that, right? Like, it's just like, it, and the thing is like, Alexa gives so much consideration right. to Drew often that it's just like, it's just like, there's n- so little coming back. And it's also what I find more upsetting is that like, I think Alexa kind of going along with this like archetype thing, like, Alexa's character is very much one in which it's like, you know, people like even like, let's look at Olivia, Olivia, for example, like, you know, Olivia is kind of painted as this like kind of high power person that like has her shit together. And, you know, Alexa in comparison to like the two pages we see. Right. It's like, it's, she's almost seen as like, (laughs) oh, like kind of prudish, almost innocent, kind of like inexperienced, whatever. Mm. And so it's like this idea of like, oh girl, you need to get out more. You need to like, you know, meet people and blah, blah, blah. Like her friends are like over the moon when she talks about Drew because it's clear that she doesn't really have people like this in her life like that. And it's seen, that's seen as like a deficit. Mm. It's seen as like a thing that she lacks that she like needs to gain access to. Like she needs to gain access to these like right. kinds of experiences with these kind of people. And it's like, but this doesn't make you a better person. This doesn't add to anything. You're always... Yep. Value, you're all, yeah. Like your your value doesn't shift just because you're now talking to this white guy yeah. who lives in LA who's a doctor. Like your value is going to be who happens the same. to be incredibly hot, apparently, right? Yeah. And it's just like, and yeah, even the idea of, right. of like, I mean, they had one sex scene where like they were having sex like in daylight, and like Alexa just like looked at Drew's body and was like, "Oh my god, it's just so perfect and like white and amazing." She didn't say that, but like that's kind of the subtext of it. Um, <laughs> And then he wanted, he was, was kind of looking at her and like, she was like, oh, but I'm like thick and I have like hips and like boobs and I'm like black. And it's just kind of like, what? this is not, I like really don't, 
there's nothing I find romantic about this. this. Like, this isn't romantic to me. This is a mess. And I feel like this just end immediately. Like, I don't, like, I worry for this kind of dynamic because it's like, I think Alexa is someone who, I mean, she very much gives me someone who, like, she kind of tries to overcompensate for, like, a perceived lack of worth or attractiveness or whatever, beauty, et cetera, Mm -hmm. by being, quote, useful. So it's like, you know, she was, quote, useful at the wedding. She was able to, like, navigate those situations super seamlessly. She was really accommodating. Mm -hmm. She, like, responded really quickly to, like, you know, Drew's request and things like that. Like, she's she's useful. She's, like, easy to be around. She's not complicated, quote, unquote. But it's like, that doesn't... It's like, but that leads to just a complete power imbalance and, like, you just completely overextending yourself. Drew literally shat on your, like, art program and said that you're rewarding kids for, like, being bad, quote, unquote. (laughs) And he gets to get away with that and, like, he just, like, y'all just, like, have an awkward moment but just have sex and whatever. It's, oh, it's, like, fine. But meanwhile, like, you're over here stressing and spending your own goddamn money on, like, a dress to this wedding when he didn't, like, a wedding that he invited you to at the last fucking minute gave you no guidance around you Minute, have to fish for right. information and shit you're doing like makeover montages and shit with maddie and shit like looping in all these yep. hoes like doing all this shit and drew what has drew done what has he done i'll wait yep. you know like yep. it's just like that's not Look, I, why are we normalizing that like that's no like oh god anyway so yeah. no you're so right yeah you're so right marcy and it's it's like i think I feel like, so sometimes I describe like being a dark-skinned black woman walking around the world, especially with the internet, is like sometimes you wake up one morning and the internet decided today that they hated you. You're like, you're eating your sandwich and like someone really comes and like knocks your sandwich out of your hand. And you're like, I literally was doing nothing to anyone. And they're like, hey! And you're like, how do you feel about that? And you're like, not great. I was hungry. But the idea is like, I feel like then people are like, actually, I think black women are beautiful. And you're like, am I supposed to grovel? Like, right. I'm not sure. Like, woo, thanks for your cosign. Like, what's, what is, like, it's not, I feel like Drew's getting points for just thinking Alexa's attractive. Yes. And you're like, that yes. is really. That is it. That's nothing. Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly and you're like, it. Um, that's like crumbs. On a, what, well, and everything you said, which was beautifully said, by the way. Thank you. Um, But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this kind of narrative that I don't I think is very harmful in the sense that exactly what you're saying and then it's almost like I, I think women in general are are taught this sort of like needing to be useful but also even more for I think black women is almost like this need to like add value to things mm. whereas I don't think and I think this is where feminism different differentiates for black women specifically and maybe for white women and, and, and other women uh, that's not really something that usefulness is not really expected out of femininity right. in the Western conception of it, right? Women are to be quote unquote one, mm. which comes with its own problems. But black women are not supposed to be one. We're expected to be, I guess, <laughs> grateful that someone chose us. Yeah. And then we like better be really, really helpful mm. when they need us. And you're like, okay, this is like kind of absurd, right? Like, and it's does this book say all that in so many words? No. But exactly like Marcy's saying, like when you don't examine the script, the script plays out the way with all the fallacies and falsehoods that was built in it from society, right. right? So if you don't examine it, of course those things are just going to carry over into the story and just be underlying in the story. Um mm-hmm. so like 
again, and I think it's so interesting reading this after reading They Come in All Colors, which is also an interracial relationship between a black woman and a white man. Mm -hmm. And I think people (laughs) would assume that things are better now. But a lot of the problems that Buck has in They Come in All Colors, Drew has in this story. This woman is a is someone he's like is beyond beautiful to him and it's almost like when he's bringing her to this wedding mm-hmm. he in no way considers her, her you know her positionality she has to ask him like am i the only black person at this wedding and then he's like scrambling to figure out the, you know he does nothing <laughs> particularly exactly. uh, helpful you know what i mean he doesn't prepare her in any way he doesn't do right. anything he's just like i want something you're a person that i want and isn't it great that co- that society coast the only difference now is that society is more like it's society co-signs him liking her more than society co-signed buck liking um p that's really like the big and i yeah i guess okay the civil rights movement isn't happening at that moment right but i think there's still the underlying you know drew's life is not in any way he's not trying to shift his life in any way he just wants her to be placed in in his life without any real consideration of like what that means to put her in those spaces so and then and so she ends up doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the same way that p does and so i think while we think the present is so different from the past Mm -hmm. i mean i guess she could go to the store this time you know i mean like (laughs) she could definitely live her life but the dynamic plays out and i think that's what you mean about the scripts still playing out and the gel you're right about the jealousy thing i think thanks for like putting a light on that his his jealousy is very inappropriate if your friend goes and picks up your other friend from the the airport regardless of whether or not you're attracted to that person or not you should be grateful because people do not have to do that stuff for exactly. you exactly but he just seems entitled to that kind of behavior it's- so i hope drew gets it and again white men don't have to be awful i don't even know why i have to tell you all this because we all know that people don't have to be awful right. but in these examples they are not being as considerate as even the other people in the book. You know, right. Theo literally has her back in a mayoral meeting and is like trying to have her back. Drew, what, what has Drew, Drew, this, like you said, the second she mentioned her idea to Drew, Drew was like, well, I just feel like the pores are being poor <laughs> and the blacks are being blacks. <laughs> we just shouldn't give them any money. I'm like, okay, Buck, are you not going to run Toby his checks too? Like, wh- Ooh, come what, on. Like, come on, come on. I'm just asking questions. So I think, and that's not the point of the story <laughs> at all, but it is something to think about. Right. Oh my God. Um, no. And that, and even then, like the subtext of that jealousy, I feel like often, you know, jealousy is weirdly painted as like a, like, it's like, oh, this person really cares about you. They like are so passionate. They just like don't want to see right. anyone else, which is weird. Like, I don't, that's a, that, that's something that we should, mm-hmm. I try not to call things that people do within like these kind of relationships weird unless they are like actually harmful and i'm like that is harmful so it's, I, mm-hmm. I feel like we could safely call that weird but also too like for example like when like uh what's his name what was his drew oh my god wow completely my brain was like oh delete and i was like wait let me stop <laughs> i'm like girl we still doing the episode come on delete it later but anyway so when drew got jealous when because basically what happened at the around the end was that like alexa was texting theo about the project and like you know they were just kind of having a back and forth you know theo's like funny and charming whatever not in a sexual romantic way she's they're just friends and like in the same way that your no. friends are just charming and funny like she was like looking at her phone and laughing and like drew was like Oh, like, who's that? And, like, when she explained, like, oh, like, this is my work husband, whatever, whatever. He was like, oh, like, are y'all together? It's like, one, 
you're being like your insecurity is like leading you to like like it's just like there's mm-hmm. like the, again this weird consumption there but also what is the subtext of that you were saying yeah. that alexa is the kind of person that would be dating someone in like a knowingly monogamous relationship right. and would just say fuck it and right. just like, go date you anyway like that is a character and then fly ju- yes yeah that's a character judgment that is so that's a- offensive i would be like get the fuck away from like like you really oh my think, God. you really think this of me right now like are you serious? Like, yeah. I just, it's like, it's like you're saying, or for example, with Carlos oh and her, it's like, it's like, you're saying that like, even though like, it's like you don't trust your own friend and you don't even trust her. And it's just like, ultimately, I mean, even if they developed an attraction to one another, Alexa owes you nothing. Like y'all are not in a relationship. There's nothing, nothing here. But at the same time, it's like, why don't you think, yeah. why do, why is it so easy for you to think that she's like this kind of person that will like, be deceitful uh-huh. and like not communicate and just like just do vile shit like that like why do you think why do, why is it so easy for you when to think has, that about her you know like in like meanwhile yes, alexa would never she, she would literally never so like yes huh like oh she my has god. only been outstanding this whole time exactly oh my god marcy you make you make such a good point like i didn't even think about that you're right like for you to assume everything you've just assumed when she's given you literally no evidence exactly. of that means that even you are relying on stereotypes that you have made up about this woman. I, I, and then, okay, suppose this like works out and you guys keep dating. Mm-hmm. Even if you like reform and change, like that's still going to be on Alexa because like she's going to have to call you out every time, like exactly. just like she has had to call you out like five times and we're only at chapter 13. Listen. So where is the burden of energy going right now? Right. Like this is, uh, that's very frustrating. Yeah. Sorry, I, literally had an epiphany while you were talking about how frustrating no and it's just i i totally (laughs) (laughs) i get that and it's just like ultimately it's like alexa it's just unfortunate to see alexa approaching this relationship from a place of not being enough like being almost sub the level that she needs to be at to be acceptable and drew being just assuming that he's above it like you know what i mean like it's just like alexa's Mm -hmm. i I kind of get and this is actually something i want to talk about i feel like Okay, so I don't want to demonize having insecurities or having parts of your body that you feel weirdly about. Like, you know, Alexa, you know, like she struggles with self-image. Um, you know, she like, you know, she she's thick. She has like, you know, like she's just kind of like I mm-hmm. struggle with like, you know, like that in various ways and like, you know, I, I guess Drew is assumed to be like very muscular and whatever, and so she kind of like feels weirdly about her body like when it's next to his. And I think but also, too, it seems like she has, like, some, like, you know, insecurities around, like, her skin color and, like, all these other things. And it's, like, I don't want to demonize her for feeling that way about herself. Like, I know that, like, you know, I, I think that in the zeitgeist, we were trying Everyone to has right, we're trying to move more towards a, a place of, like, you know, self-love and acceptance and, like, seeing just, like, the beauty and the utility and, like, the just the specific kind of magic that, like, you know, people of color, LGBTQ people, women, like, you know, all different types of people have. Um but, you know, ultimately, like, you know, we all, like, all of us to varying degrees typically struggle with at least some aspects yeah. of, like, you know, our appearance or whatever. And, like, so that's very normal. And so I don't want to, like, and, but I think that here, I, I think that a lot of that, the, a lot of those insecurities, like, kind of allow her to forgive or not even really see the fallacies in Drew. It's like, it's like Drew's almost painted as like this perfect person, but it's like Alexa feels like that she needs to like, she feels like she needs to like work up to and like meet the standards of, but it's like Drew has a lot of shit that is mm. not, per- that is the aggressive opposite of perfect. And it's like, I think that sometimes but- in romantic relationships, like 
our insecurities can make it so that we accept things that like are actually just like completely unacceptable or that we think that oh it's like oh unacceptable. right it's like, or it's like this idea of like oh like I'm never gonna find anything more like better than this like no guy like this is ever gonna mm. like someone like me you know like things like that where it's just like it lets you kind of forgive things or to put up with things that just are not like you just should yeah, not have to really put up forgivable. with and I guess for me I just kind of wonder like what is yeah. that intersection of like find like of being empowered in a relationship feeling like yourself feeling authentic in a relationship mm-hmm. but also kind of navigating just like the very normal like insecurities that we just navigate through our day-to-day lives like and i think that for me Ooh. like a relationship I, like because i also kind of push back against the idea of like because you know people always say like oh you got to love yourself before you love anyone else which true to a certain degree but i think it's just like i don't think we also mm-hmm. need to be perfect either like i don't think you need to be perfect before you enter no. a relationship with someone but i think perhaps of it's course. one where it's like it's like your I think if you ha- if if a relationship lends itself towards like healthy communication and like vulnerability and honesty, I think you can do both. I think you can work on, you know, yeah. loving more aspects of yourself, showing up more for yourself, but also like appreciating someone else and like mm. still knowing like, you know, your worth and like what you're going to put up with and what you won't and like things like that. I think I I think maybe in this book it's just it's a little too drastic. Like it's a little too like Alexa's mm. just really working really hard and I think that maybe in, in another example we could find like a more healthy balance but yeah I think it's just like if being literally perfect before you enter a relationship is on one end of the extreme and then on the other end of the extreme kind of being like Alexa and looking towards this other person to like validate you in like kind of all these different ways I think we can meet in the middle like I don't think we need to be perfect somewhere or we need to like like lean on our partners <laughs> that like you know for every right. bit of self-worth that we have around herself which is not to say that that's happening with alexa but i think that she does lead on drew in that way in a way that like only makes me concerned given who drew is it's like i'm not saying that you can't like right like like that validation externally is not helpful or you cannot you know help us learn things about ourselves but just given drew's consumptive and jealous nature i worry about that so right that's kind of i think make i really I, i really like your point about um how do you balance being insecure and also you, you know being in a relationship or or loving yourself and I, partially we are in alexa's head so I, we we all don't see the best things to ourselves in our heads right. all the time which uh, to be honest we should all work on um cuz you know your head is in your mind your inner monologue you're, that's the most repetitious thing you're hearing every day so if that's not healthy you know that's probably not great um but we all say things to ourselves that like you know whatever they could have been nicer um, mm-hmm. but I also, th- so, so maybe, maybe she doesn't dislike herself as much as it seems reading it because if when you're in someone's head, you, you sometimes I say things to myself, I'm like, I don't actually, I'll be like, that was dumb. And yeah. you know, like if someone heard that out loud, they'd be like, oh, I'll go. And I'd be like, I didn't mean like dumb, dumb. I just like, I meant a little dumb, you know, it's, it's not that deep. <laughs> I, I still think I'm rad, but right. so that's, <laughs> that's a little hard, but I do think, um, I, I guess part of it feels like kind of this narrative that it's very modern very, i guess 90s early 2000s of this sort of like i don't know like a girl who's like like everybody like girl next door like or like and what's the motif of like that girl who's like ugly but actually she's pretty ugly you know right. what i mean and like she, and then they do a makeover and all they do is take off her glasses there's a little <laughs> bit of that in, in this story and and so and i can see where that narrative uh comes from and it's it's a little bit dated um i guess i think is maybe the word for it but it's i know i i'm when i was reading this book i was like oh i remember when this was like a very popular 
motif mm-hmm. and I, we've moved away from it a little bit because there were there were underlying problems with this sort of story first of all like when you're watching these movies and you're like okay well this person looks fine you know and they keep saying they're unattractive but they're literally right they're like movie star beautiful it's kind of diminishing that even idea in general like what exactly is a beautiful person if this person and and it's it kind of feeds on like exactly what you're saying the society's view of women and and how we see our beauty and how attractive we need to be to be accepted um and it's all again, it, like the leaks thing, unnecessary. It's 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 not. It doesn't it doesn't assist in finding relationships that are meaningful. Right. Like mm. maybe this is all just a role play game, and we didn't even notice. Fair, you know. But if this is <laughs> yes, like God, <laughs> I don't know. But if this is like really what we're trying to tout as something romantic, I, I do wish that there was a little bit more. A depth of character between the two something that made it aware that it wasn't just some fuddy-duddy shenaniganery right um, and yeah and not that i mind shenaniganery but I, there's something <laughs> yes, <God>. there's something <laughs> unnuanced there's something i don't know I, I don't i don't i don't really get why alexa and Drew are hanging out. I get why she hangs out with Carlos. I get why she hangs out with Theo. And right. Carlos was in the book for three pages. Literally and I was pages. like, yeah, I could see you going on a date with Carlos yep. again. But in all the time that Drew and her were together, all Drew did was a lot of nothing. Um, yep. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, we're only one half of the way through the book. Maybe it'll change. But honestly. That's true. I Okay, let's we'll see what happens. We'll see what I happens. I don't want to like throw any shade or anything like that. Yeah. We'll see what happens in the second half of the book. But yeah, it's uh, just you don't want to throw any shade, did we not? I feel like we threw shade for the last Yeah, it's like we might as well just delete this episode <laughs> then because I feel like it was literally just an hour and a half of shade. But um <laughs> But it's not to be shade in the sense of being petty or like, you know, we're trying to be like we were like looking no, for issues. No, it's never. just like, you know, it's just like there's actual legitimate concerning aspects here that I feel like at least for me personally, just get I guess getting more personal. I like I wish that there were more critiques of narratives like this like i feel like you know as i was yeah. growing up and learning to think about relationships like there are a lot of things that we that i and also i would yeah, surmise I agree we, uh, as a generation people just <laughs> existing internalized mm-hmm. it's like that's not we shouldn't be calling that normal we shouldn't be normalizing that right. we shouldn't be acting as if this is fine like it's like no that's like a concerning dynamic and we should talk about that and so i guess in in saying all think- this it's just that's really my point here more than just to be like shady about drew yeah and, like, being shady about him like yeah i don't know not eating spicy food and like shit like that you know what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't care about that we're not really that serious right yeah i think it's i i think exactly you're right it's it's because when you get older and you and you do start to examine what you've been taught exactly what you're saying you realize wait this isn't just me that like doesn't know or is trying to figure out how to love people properly and appreciate people properly this is like all of us and i was like if we all need to figure out how to love people properly then perhaps we are not being taught some emotional intelligence stuff that we needed to have been taught right so you're right to say that this needs to be examined and i think if i if you don't mind if i just go on on another thought that i'm having what i'm sure you don't continue please i'm putting on my (laughs) seatbelt oh i'm just thinking about when we talk about heteronormativity and we make heteronormativity one very specific and then we make everything that's not that specific thing other mm-hmm. it's like for instance this story is very heteronormative very conventional quote unquote but it's also very specific mm-hmm. so when you make 
a whole gender expression so specific and you make everything other what exactly are you like the almost like this isn't even heteronormativity this is just a very specific relationship but you're calling that specificity general and right. once you do that it's back to the orbit narrative it's it's less about allowing people to do to to find fulfillment but more of having us all just kind of fall in line mm. with this one way of thinking right. or just one way of being and i'm just like who is this benefiting right. I, i'm not really sure so I I and and this is less to do with this specific story and sort of like the rom-com script in general mm-hmm. because it, we all joke about how they follow the same plot but my question is why right. do they follow that plot and why is it only a rom-com if it follows that plot Oof. because there are other stories with romance and comedy in them Hello. but we don't call them rom-coms mm-hmm. unless they've got some again shenaniganery unless we're right. running around <laughs> going to weddings with people with strangers <laughs> I, I i get it it's fun it's exciting it's a little bit of foolishness mm-hmm. I just worry sometimes when it becomes such a strict, narrow definition that it, it, I just wonder why it's so strict right now and why we use that strict definition as sort of the, the ideal that we're all trying to reach and everything that's not that falls short. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I just, I kind of wonder even on a personal note, like, when did I st- 